Welcome to the Terry and Jesse Show. Paul Clay sitting in for Jess Romero. Paul, thanks for taking the time to be with us, my brother. Terry, as always, my pleasure. <laughs> well, we got a great show today, and it's all about evangelization. It's all about sharing the gospel. And uh, don't forget June's feast days. There's so many great feasts. We got Pentecost coming up on Sunday. We got Trinity Sunday coming up. We got Corpus Christi. We talked about people taking Jesus out to the streets with processions of the Blessed Sacrament. Wow, that's exactly what we need to be doing. Paul, Amen. today's topics are like questions and answers. I just want to set the stage and then we'll get the Gospel of John in. When I was a young man, I was telling Paul, a teenager, we used to meet Friday nights with a seminarian and he would teach us different things about our Catholic faith and we would have questions and answers. And I found that for me, I learned a lot about my faith by asking questions and getting good, solid answers. And so I thought today we're going to touch on a lot of questions and answers that I think many of us need to know. And to be able to share the faith, you need to have that knowledge. But before we get into that, I mean, I'll just give you one teaser. That question, can you have mercy of God without repentance? Some people say, yeah, you don't need to repent. That's not what the Bible says. <laughs> and so we're going to share that with you because some people will tell you everybody goes to heaven. Well, that's not the case. That's not what the Bible says. But before yeah. we do that, uh, Paul, I have the Gospel of John chapter uh, 17, verse 20 to 26. And I have a paragraph to read out of the Navarre Bible. But I also value your insights because the Gospel of John is called the Gospel of Love for a reason. Amen. It's so powerful. So if you could be so good to read the Gospel of John, chapter 17, verse 20 to 26. <clears throat> I do not pray for these only, but also for those who believe in me through their word, that they may all be one, even as thou, Father, art in me and I in thee that they also may be in us so that the world may believe that thou hast sent me. The glory which thou hast given me, I have given them, that they may be one even as we are one, I in them and thou in me, that they may become perfectly one so that the world may know that thou hast sent me and hast loved them even as thou hast loved me. Father, I desire that they also, whom thou hast given me, may be with me where I am, to behold my glory, which thou hast given me in thy love for me, in thy love for me before the foundation of the world. O righteous Father, the world has not known thee, but I have known thee, and these know that thou hast sent me. I made known to them thy name, I will make it known that the love which thou hast loved me may be in them and I in them. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Wow, what a prayer. Think about this. This is commentary here. Since it is Christ who is praying for the church, check this out, Paul. His prayer is infallible. It's effective. Yes. Right? And therefore, yes. will always be only one true church of Jesus Christ. Unity. Amen is therefore an essential property of the church. We believe that the church founded by Jesus Christ and for which he prayed is an indefectible one in faith 
worship in the bond of the hierarchical communion. I got that from Pope Paul VI, Creed of the People of God. That was 1967. Again, he did that right after the council. Moreover, Christ's prayer also indicates the basis of church unity will be and what effects will follow from it. Check this out, Paul. The source from which the unity of the church flows is an intimate unity of the three divine persons, the Trinity, among whom Amen. there is mutual love, right? Self-giving. Yep. The Lord Jesus, when praying to the Father that they may all be one, even as we are one, has opened up new horizons close to the human reason by implying that there is a certain parallel between the union existing among the divine persons, and check this out, the unions of the sons of God in truth and in love. It follows then that if a man is the only creature on earth, check this out, I always say this, that God had wanted for his own sake, man can fully discover his true self only in the sincere giving of himself. That's taken right from Vatican II, Gaudiat Spes. The unity of the church is also grounded on the union of the faithful with Jesus Christ, through him with the Father. Thus, the fullness of unity uh, is attained through a supernatural grace which comes to us from Christ. Paul, I read the Gospel of John and I say, okay, unity. Now, I'm going to turn this over to you because I want to get your take on that scripture. But one of the bishops who just got moved from L.A. to Minnesota, Father Bishop Robert Barron, said this years ago, and I really thought it was outstanding when he said that the sign of a corrupt church is when it's not precise about what it teaches. And I said, spot on, Bishop, I'm going to use that one forever. And this is why today we talk about unity. The unity's there, but there's people in the church who are not living up to their moral standards and teaching that unity. And that's always been with us for 2,000 years. But where's the unity come from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, not from man. Amen, Terry. Well said. Well said. Listen, uh, what a, what, you know, this is known as the, the great high priestly prayer of right. Jesus in John chapter 17. Yep. And what, you know, when we look at this in, in, in uh, relation to today's topic, mm -hmm. uh, you notice what Jesus says there? He says that they may believe through your word. Amen. Terry. Uh, <laughs> word of God. Uh, when we're talking about when we're talking about apologetics and we're talking about non-starters. Yeah. You know, there there's a group of people out there that would say, well, you know, if it's not in the Bible, I just don't believe it. But if you notice, Jesus doesn't say they will believe through your writing but through your word, Man. you know, yep. uh, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Yep. And that's how the faith has been transmitted throughout the centuries. It's by uh, the preaching of the word of God. It's personal, Terry. Yep. Uh, uh, don't get me wrong. Uh, we definitely believe that the Bible is the unadulterated word of God. Amen. Everything in it is absolutely true. But that is just one font from which we draw truth from. Yep. As you as you know in the Catholic <laughs> Church and we ha we have something called sacred tradition. You got it. And this and this faith has been transmitted to us through down through the centuries today. So uh Again, um, 
just a little reminder, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about apologetics today, but understand that um, we don't just uh, concede to the idea if it's not written down in the Bible explicitly and clearly, then I just don't believe it. Because the Bible in itself is just a book that's open to interpretation. It's not just a book, but it's the word of God. But it is subject to the interpretation of the person who's reading it. And therefore, that's the beauty that we have in our church, Terry, because uh, Jesus prayed that he, uh, you know, that we be one. And that he prayed, he also promised to send the paraclete to guide the church in all truth so that the message that has been transmitted from the beginning down to today is one solid message uh, and, and guaranteed by the Holy Spirit himself. Well said yourself. Uh, gosh, Paul, that's fantastic. Hey, let's bring the smartest guy into the room since we're on t- talking <laughs> about our faith. Paul Sheen ahead, Bishop Sheen. Paul, this is so appropriate for what we're talking about. Bishop Sheen said this about the future. A man who does not believe in a future life has to take this one very, very seriously. I've experienced that in my life because right now we have a funeral at our chapel. I do several a week. And last night, the gentleman who's the funeral director uh, was so scared when I told him I didn't get vaccinated. He was showing me that he's been vaccinated three times. And as soon as I said that, he moved back 15 steps, 15 feet. Mm. He was scared to even get next to me. And, wow. you know, I felt bad for him because he uh, has a warped view of life. And he thinks, you know, that this vaccine is going to be the end all to save him from dying. I hate to give him the news. Nobody gets out alive. <laughs> I, I, you know, but this is why Bishop Sheen says we have to have that vision that life is short and eternity is that's, forever. That's right. Or, or, or let me just, another quote comes to mind. G.K. Chesterton. Yes. We're only in this world to get out of this world, Terry. I, I love that line. He, <laughs> he, you know, he's the guy that we quote when, he, when we say that common sense ain't that common. And, and it is. But see, common sense tells us we have, we have a, just... Uh, we know that life will end, but sometimes what we try to do is fool ourselves to, to say, oh, I don't want to deal with that. I'm going to have as much fun for as long as I can and put it off what I need to do. Well, that's not a good idea. Hey, when we come back from the break, Paul, I want to ask the question, can you have mercy of God without repentance? We hear this all the time. Oh, God's so merciful. He's in, man. Don't worry about your brother. Don't worry about your mother. There's no need to repent. No, they don't say it that way. You know what they say? God assumes that, you know, you're just a good person and you'll be okay. That's not charity, okay? When we come back, we'll talk and we'll unfold that question here on the Terry and Jesse Show. As I say with Jess and I'll say with Paul, we're too blessed to be stressed. We're too anointed to be disappointed. And if hope was money, we'd be billionaires. Our hope is in Jesus Christ. Stay with us, family. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. I kind of gave you a teaser about can you have mercy of God without repentance. I mentioned at the beginning of the show, we're all talking about evangelization. 
And I know over the years, Paul, the, there are a lot of parishes on Pentecost Sunday that give out my book, How to Show Your Faith with Anyone. And here at the Sacred Heart Chapel, Our Lady of Grace, here they're giving my book out to try and get people to be focused on evangelization rather than all of the problems in the world and in the church, which I think is a good idea. But let's yeah. let's ask let's bring it up. The mercy of God, our Father, is a big topic these days, right? And I can appreciate that since it was through the Catholic Church that we all came to understand God's mercy for me. Before that, sense of unworthiness caused great despondency. The other side of the equation, though, is it's a call to repentance. Luke says Jesus asked the Father to forgive the people for they do not know what they are doing. That's Luke 23 to 34. Jesus shows mercy for the crowd, and yet they did not acknowledge their sin. In contrast, the good thief was contrite, and Jesus said, Today you will be with me in paradise, Luke 23 to 43. So Mm. here it is. So is the repentance required for the gift of mercy? There seems a bit of a contradiction. Well, here it goes. Put your seatbelt on because we're going to clear this one up. Yes, repentance is the key that unlocks mercy. Without repentance, there can be no mercy. Mm. If the sinner does not acknowledge or outright reject the need for mercy, repentance involves the acknowledgement that I have done something wrong and will strive to end such behavior and now seek mercy. The unrepentant do not think they need mercy. I'll give you an example. Joe Biden, do you really think his position about killing unborn babies, do you think he thinks that this is wrong when he says, I'm calling on God's blessing to do this? I mean, there's something wrong. The man's warped, okay? I'm just giving an example. He's, he doesn't acknowledge that what he's doing is seriously sinful and, you know, that there's people that way. So the very offering of mercy to them would be considered offensive or scoffed at, like Nancy Pelosi. Yep. Your uh, thoughts, Paul. Let- Go ahead. Like Paul the Apostle, I would ask Joe Biden, mm-hmm. who has bewitched you? There you <laughs> That's go. what he said to the Galatians, yeah, because that. because that uh, you have to be bewitched in order to somehow mm-hmm. construe that God could give blessing to such a heinous act when we know that God is the God of life. Amen. And Amen. yes, uh, ter- Terry, let's Tell listen me. what the word of God says on, you know, to the question, yes. do we need to repent? Well, let's see. Second Corinthians seven, nine through 10. Yep. Yet, yet now I am happy, not because you were made sorry, but because your sorrow led you to repentance for you became sorrowful as God intended and so we're not harmed in any way by us. Godly sorrow brings repentance that leads to salvation. Amen. Hey, yeah. Paul, Paul, what you just said is so beautiful. Jesus warns over and over again the need to repent and to be ready for the day of judgment. Yes, uh, Jesse, Paul, 21 of the 38 parables are about repent and believe. Yes, yes. Well, you're and- scripturally sound here. Yeah, and and how many times do we see in the gospel when Jesus, as an example, the woman in adultery, go and sin no no more. more. And he tells people, let something worse befall you. You know what I mean? Sure. Uh, Repentance is necessary, and love corrects, the Bible says. So don't let people, don't let this culture tell you (laughs) that if you 
if you voice the truth on, on, on something that you know is a moral obscenity toward God, yes. uh, God is pleased. God, uh, that is exactly why we're here, Terry. We're yeah. here to, to represent the Lord and to speak the truth of Christ. And he already told us that when we do that, do not marvel if the world hates you. For the world hated me before it hated you, and a slave is not greater than his master. So we can expect the same treatment that they gave our Lord and Savior. Wow. Let's get a little more scripture here, Paul. That's what I love about you. You're very scripturally sound. Repent and believe in the gospel. Mark chapter 1, verse 15. Jesus warned the unbelievers of his day. He said, if you don't believe... You see, this is like black and white Catholicism, man. It's simple. Jesus yep. said, if you don't believe that I am, you will die in your sins. John 8, 24. He says, he says elsewhere, whoever believes in him will not be condemned, but whoever does not believe has already been condemned because he has not believed in the name of the Son of God, John three eighteen. Now, throughout the Gospels, Jesus warns that certain behaviors and attitudes Put one at risk of the fires of hell. You got mm -hmm. Luke chapter 12, verse 5. You got Matthew chapter 5, verse 22. I can go on and on. He also warns the discipleship. It's not easy. And we must be willing to take up our cross and renounce many things. Are we, are, we cannot be his disciple. Hence, there are many sins and attitudes to repent of. To repent, Jesus was very merciful. But to the unrepentant and self-righteous, he was very stern. See, that's mm -hmm. the attitude I think we need is, yep. uh, you know, it's accountability. And I, Paul, I think this also comes into on the natural thing is that our culture doesn't want to take any accountability for actions. No. Am I no. on to something? Oh, you definitely are on to something, Terry. And, you know, I like the, the way you emphasize a godly sorrow. Yeah. You, you know, uh, uh, sacrifice and offering I have not desired, but a broken and a contrite heart I will not despise. And I'm reminded of G in the gospel where the two men went to the temple to pray. Yet one a Pharisee, the other one a tax collector. Right. And the tax collector wouldn't even, he just beat his breast and said, Lord, have mercy upon me, a sinner. Yeah. And Jesus, Jesus said, that man is the man who went home justified. You know, uh, G you know God desires to give us mercy Terry, yes. he desires to pour out his yes. grace. I mean, this is why he he entered into human history and became flesh, that he might redeem us, that we may receive from his goodness and become, like sacred scripture says, partakers of the divine nature. You see, God wants to share everything with us, and anything good shares its goodness. Paul, amen. First John says it real clear. No, it's not Paul Clay or Terry Barber saying this. this. is the word of God saying this. Read my lips. And if this makes you go to confession, praise God, because it makes me want to go to confession. It says this. If we say we are without sin, we deceive mm. ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we acknowledge our sins, he is faithful and just, and he will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all wrongdoing. Think about this, Paul. We have an attitude in our culture that says, I'm okay, you're okay. Right? <laughs> yeah. And see, how yep. they're not going to be forgiven. So the most merciless thing we can do to our culture is let it wallow in its sin. Yes. So yes. by keeping our lip zipped, that's a problem. That's why I quote St. Pope Felix III, and you know people get tired of me quoting him, but it motivates me on a daily basis. He said, 
not to, and this is 475 AD, he said this, not to oppose error is to approve it by sipping your lip, and not to defend the truth is to suppress it, and indeed to neglect to confound evil men when we can do it is no less a sin than to encourage them. Many people tell me, Paul, that that quote, it convicts them to speak up when it comes to the truth. And there's another quote that comes to mind, Terry, that you always say, and you're going to remind me of it, but you say, what, you know, the only thing for evil to triumph yeah, yeah, is yeah. for good yeah, people go ahead, to do Terry. nothing. For good people to do nothing. Yes, yes. And, and, and you know, Paul, this is why I'm focusing today with you on evangelization. We could be talking about other problems in the church, the economy, uh, inflation. Yes, inflation's out of control. Yes, the government made some big mistakes. Of course. But you know what? The government's going to be gone. And the only Amen. thing that's going to last is your eternal soul. So I want to focus brother. on that, Paul. Preach. You know, that's why I was excited when you told me, asked me to come on the show today, Terry, because when you said that you wanted this to be your emphasis, yep. it just, you know, it just, it, you know, it just reinforces in me the what's really important in life. The Bible clearly tells yeah. us the world is passing away. Yep. All the things that we worry about on a day-to-day -day basis are all going to be gone. Jesus came that we might uh, have life and he made us fishers of men, okay? The word of God passed on through uh, yep. the, the successors of the apostles down to a lowly person like Paul Clay can now, who has been made a partaker of the divine nature, and we can now, Terry, go out and share in the ministry of Christ, share in his sufferings, uh, blessed are you when men say things falsely against you uh, on account of me, for great is your reward in heaven. You see, this is the heart of the gospel, Terry. Uh, there's no surprise here. We know that we are counterculture. If we stand with Christ, Amen. then we are, we are square pegs in a round hole when it comes to this world. A big amen to that, Paul. Yeah. Paul, when we help everybody got that straight now about the issue of can we have mercy of God without repentance? Nope, can't do it. Hey, when we come back, we're going to answer another question. Are demonic attacks on the rise? And why is that? And this is going to be our next question. See, this is how we learn question and answer. I grew up, everybody, on the Baltimore Catechism, okay? Mm. And I still use, I used it on my kids. I'm going to use it on my grandchildren because you know what? Truth never ends. It's Say never, it again, brother. Truth never ends. <laughs> In other words, the truth is always the truth, no matter what time. There's no uh, time that it, it, it's true today. It'll be true tomorrow. And you know why, is, Terry? You me. know why that is? Tell me. Because, because God is truth. <laughs> you know? and, <laughs> yep. And when we come back, I'm going to give a quote from Padre Peel, St. Padre Peel, about the number of devils active in the world today. It'll blow you away. And then we're going to address, why is it that our demonic attacks are on the rise? Why is so much evil going on, violence, all of that? This is going to be addressed from a biblical worldview, not from a political view. I understand you want to be political sometimes. Uh, yes, you got to vote with your Catholic conscience. I get all that. You should vote with the moral conscience of, your, of each individual person. But right now I'm talking about salvation. Right now I'm talking about the spiritual life, the supernatural. Because you know what? That's all that's going to be here at the end of life. And I want to mention this to our friend listeners here. If you've been away from confession for at least a month, 
make a commitment right now. Say, I'm going to go Saturday to the parish, or I'm going to call the parish and make an appointment to get the confession. Because I'm going to tell you, when you go over a month, you're exposing yourself to satanic stuff. I'll tell you why. I'm just going to be honest with you. Because we live in Sodom and Gomorrah. Okay? We live in temptations. We need the graces of the sacrament. Even, Even if you have no mortal sin, go to a devotion confession. That's what St. John Paul II told us, because there's graces that we receive at the sacrament of confession. So I'm hoping that this show will convict you of two things. One, turn your life over to Jesus Christ, get the confession, pray, have great love for Jesus in the Eucharist, and evangelize friends and relatives. So you're listening to the Terry and Jesse show. Yes, I'm fired up. Why? Because there's nothing better I want to talk about than Jesus Christ and his bride, the church. And we're going to talk about the issue of the demonic when we come back here on the Terry and Jesse show on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Stay with us, family. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, Here's Terry and Jesse. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse show. Paul Clay from Jesus 911 filling in for Jess today. Jess will be back tomorrow. I was doing a teaser at the end of the break about the demonic attacks on the rise and why. Paul, you probably heard the news, very sad, out in Oklahoma at a hospital. Uh, a man uh, killed many, many people. And, uh, and now Richard uh, just told me the story is now they got out that uh, he was upset at his doctor who did some surgery on him and that he was in a lot of pain and he decided to kill the doctor. Wow. Now that, if that's not demonic, you know, I, I guess here's my point. As abortions took off in the early 70s, crime went up. Violence went up. You can't kill the unborn baby and not have any consequence. And so the question comes up, Paul, are demonic attacks on the rise? And I'll just set this up, and then I want to hear from you. Uh, St. Padre Pio, because I teased everybody on this, he said the number of devils active in the world is greater than all the people who have been alive since Adam. If they all took on bodily form, if they did, they would blot out the light of the sun. I don't have a minute of free time. It's all spent releasing my brothers from the grip of Satan. If you remember, he spent 14 hours, 12, 14 hours a day in the confessional. So I bring this up, Paul, because you've got 30-some years of police work, okay? You saw the effects of evil in your work. So get, before I even mention what Monsignor has to say, give me your take. What is it because people aren't going to the sacraments as often now and they're exposing themselves to evil? Give me your take from your Catholic mindset and also your police background. Yeah, well, as you know, Terry, uh, Jesse, he wrote a book, The Devil in the City of Angels. Yep. And, and there he chronicles uh, different events that happened throughout his career uh, encountering the demonic. And Jess is such an expert when it comes to the demonic that uh, you have to really pay attention to what he says. Of course. Um, but Terry... 
You go back to Pope Leo the Thirteenth. Yes. When he when he had that vision on the altar, yes. and he sees a conversation. He hears a conversation between the devil and God. Yes. And the devil is asking for seventy five to a hundred years <laughs> in order to do what? Destroy the Catholic Church. Yep. You see. By the way. Uh, there's no chess match between the devil and God. The devil needs permission for anything that he does well because he is nothing but a pit bull on a chain. <laughs> now, you know, and, that, and that's really, that's you know, analogy. the size of it. Yeah. So, so the issue is, is um, when we see evil in the world, Terry, uh, to the extent that we see it, a lot of it, at least from what Jesse has taught me through demon possession and so forth and understanding those things, we give permission. That's right. Okay. And so the more we see, particularly in society, as we give over to evil yep. ways like abortion, like, uh, you know, this lie about, you know, uh, keeping Same God sex. out of everything. Yeah. 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 All, all of these things. Uh, what the the design there is we are basically giving because the only thing that can stop and you know it, the devil is the church is the it's, it's it's proclaiming the excellencies of Christ is living holy lives it's it's doing what God calls uh, calls us to do which is to be the salt of the earth the light of the world see when you put salt on anything it makes it salty Terry yep. it's a it's a preservative salt is a preservative and guess what if we are what God calls us to be then we will be the remedy to all of this evil but conversely, if we neglect the things of God, if we did not learn the lessons by reading about Israel in the Old Testament on every time they got off the reservation, excuse my <laughs> terminology there, yep. but every time it seemed like they got off the reservation, uh, judgment and uh, quickly followed and evil ruled the day. Yep. Well said. I'm not even going to get into that question with Monsignor. You, you covered it so well, Paul. I want to get into another question because I have probably 15 of these questions that you as a high information Catholic should know the answer to. Is Next one. Is salvation possible for non-Catholics and non-Christians? As remember, you know, history, biblical scripture, and our Catholic faith all prove to us that Christ is our only true Savior and Son of God. What then are we to make of Muhammad? Buddha, all these other ones, okay? In discussion of the existence of the proposal ways to God, we must begin with the words of Christ himself who said, in Scripture, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one, and I stand five size, no one comes to the Father except through me. That's John 14, chapter, chapter 14, verse 6. The early church also declared, there is no salvation through anyone else nor is there any other name under the heaven given to the human race by which we are saved. Acts chapter 4. Do you notice we're having a biblical worldview of this, Paul? It's not yep. your opinion. I don't care about your opinion, yep. dude. What does the Bible yep. have to say? What does the church have to say? I'm loving it. I'm loving it. In humility, this must always be our starting point when we chat, when we talk to people. It's not meant as a triumphal declaration that we must be accepted by us and proclaim as Jesus himself and his apostles clearly taught Skirting such texts or declaring them as remnants from a less enlightened time 
is a form of pride. That's what some people in our church say. They say things like, oh, that's a tradition. Get rid of that traditional way. Yeah, and we don't want to offend. Right. Yeah. So it is this vision that must always animate the church and empower her to zeal, you notice zeal and humility to proclaim. See, zeal and humility go together, man. They proclaim one truth that sets us free. To say there are different truths or ways to God is is a logical fallacy and a form of moral relativism. Mm. Hence, the teachings of religious movements that contradict Christ, hey, guess what, Paul? They're wrong! And we cannot Mm -hmm. say it any other way. You can't try and point something and sugarcoat it. I want to quote the Second Vatican Council said, this is the one church of Christ which is in the creed professed as one holy Catholic and apostolic, which our Savior after his resurrection commissioned. Praise the Lord. Right. For all ages as a pillar and mainstay of truth. I like that pillar and mainstay of truth. This church subsists in the Catholic church, which is governed by the successor of Peter and by the bishops in communion with him. Although many elements of sanctification of truth are found outside. I get that. There's people who have a certain uh, have certain amounts of truth. Like, for example, I'll just summarize. Protestants have the sacrament of baptism. It's valid. That's the truth. Some some Protestants have the sacrament yeah, yeah. of baptism. Yeah, when I say not all, yeah, you're right. <laughs> Mormons don't. There's a group that doesn't have it. Jehovah's Witness, they don't believe. But yeah, your, your mainline ma- ones would have valid. But that's the truth that they have. But yeah. here is what the Second Vatican Council taught. Nor is God far distant from those in the shadows and images unsoaked. Uh, I should say this. Let me just repeat it. The church doesn't deny that salvation is possible for someone outside our church. However, it's the salvation with all the gifts that Christ intended is more difficult. So, so no fault of their own. So let's just give an example, simple example. Someone who lives way away, has no contact with the Catholic church, is trying to live a moral life. It's possible. I didn't say they would. I said it's possible for them to get reach heaven because we God can work outside the sacraments. Right. That these are exceptions. This should never stop Paul what it did after the council of uh, saying, well, we don't need to evangelize. For, for example, no. that Senate on the, uh, the Amazon, there was a Franciscan priest who spent 40 years down there, and he bragged about not baptizing one soul. <laughs> now, that tells me he didn't get the memo. You know what that tells me? Yeah, go ahead. That, that that tells me, you know, I'm reminded of the parable in the Gospels where 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 the Lord, where the Master gives certain talents to th- to three individuals, and and the one guy he buried it, didn't do anything with it, and I think the Lord's answer to him was, uh, beat him with many stripes, <laughs> you know, uh, because uh, yeah, uh, you know, listen, we know that baptism is yeah. the gateway. That uh, where you enter into Christ, right. into the into the Ark of Christ, into the church, and if you brag that you have not baptized anyone, essentially what you're saying is, you I have basically kept the door nailed shut, and I didn't invite anyone in. And this, and I'm, and, and I'm proud of it. <laughs> and Paul, this asked me the question. I'm going to make our, some of our audience uncomfortable. Yeah. Because what about us? Who have we invited to Christ? Have we invited Ooh. somebody? Just yep. this, this call, even just this month or last month, who did we invite to tell them about Jesus Christ? Now, I try to do this on a daily basis because I'm that's just how I'm I'm built. I do it. Every, did it this morning. I mean, whoever I meet, if I go to the dentist appointment, 
I'm getting my teeth clean. I'm evangelizing. I mean, because I know I only have so much breaths of air. But here's the point. If we believe that we have the fullness of the truth, Paul, in the Catholic yes. Church, yes. we sure aren't acting like it as a church. That's so right. Individually, That's right. ask yourself, am I acting like we have the fullness of the faith and sharing yep. it with my friends and relatives? And Terry, this is why it's important to listen to uh, programs uh, that you feature on this uh, podcast and others, you know, uh, that we learn uh, these truths about the faith because it's unfortunate today, but there is a lack of clarity uh, yeah. in, 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 you know, within the church today. Sure. The message has become a little bit confused. Yep. Uh, we don't have to be scandalized by that because we've already been forewarned by Our Lady. We've been forewarned right. by, and before her, we were forewarned by the Lord himself. So we know that these things are going to occur. Let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. That is what God, he, he, he comforted one another with the same comfort that you've been comforted with, that sacred scripture says. Uh, listen, Jesus Christ, the same today, yesterday, and forever. He is our rock. He is, he is the one who does not move. With him, there's no shifting nor shadow of change, Terry. And that is where we place our confidence. Woo! Amen, brother. I feel like I'm in a revival session. I love it. <laughs> hey, I uh, just want to tell you, when we come back, question that I had when I was a youngster. Why did God create the punishment of hell to be eternal? You want to hear a good answer? Stay with us here on the Terry and Jesse Show on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Wow, welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. Paul Clay sitting in. I just love shows like this, Paul. And the reason is, is because this is all about helping people find the fullness of the faith in Jesus Christ and his bride, the church. And I want to mention that my book, How to Share Your Faith with Anyone, as I said, we're giving that away. If you're going to come to Mass here at the Sacred Heart Chapel, you can get it for free. But for those who are not here, when you want to get a copy of it, you can go to vmpr.org. I think it's $10. And it teaches you how to give your personal testimony, teaches you the, the commandments of how to evangelize. To me, I just want to spend time doing this because I let, you know, I'm not in management. I'm in sales. I'm not a mm -hmm. priest. I'm not a deacon. I'm not a bishop. I'm not the pope. So, but what I am is I'm a baptized follower of Jesus Christ, and I have a mandate from him to share Amen. that gospel. Amen. And one more plug, Terry, is uh, I was listening to, I think it was Gary Machuda, yep. uh, Hands-On Apologetics, sure. and he had, a he had a gentleman on there who wrote a book called Blue Collar Apologetics. Love it. I got that book as well, just because I thought it's it was one. great common sense answers oh, oh, yeah. uh, for, uh, you know, to help us share our face, us, us, us Catholics. Yeah, he's great. Yep. Hey, let's go to the next topic because we just have a few minutes. And Paul, when I was young, this was a question I asked the seminarian. Why did God create the punishment of hell to be eternal? Now, we know uh, this view presumes that eternal nature of hell is due to the punishment, but it really is not. Rather, hell is eternal 
because repentance is no longer available after death. Think about that. Our decision for or against God, the values of his kingdom become forever fixed because at this point, the will is fixed. Repentance that unlocks mercy will never be forthcoming. Remember, the only value in saying yes to God is you have the freedom to say no. St. Thomas Aquinas teaches this. Death is to men what their fall was to the angels. This is mm, good stuff. Good point. Yeah. Now, after their fall, the angels could not be restored. Therefore, neither can man after death. And thus, punishment of the damned will have no end. Your thoughts, Paul, as a Bible-believing Catholic? Yeah. Uh, it's Listen, uh, I always tell people, Terry, tell that uh, you know when you die, you look at the headstone, it says born a certain date, and then it says a dash, and then it's died a certain date. That's right. Okay? So guess what? What's important is what you do in that dash. Okay? <laughs> it's living in the dash, yeah. and this has an effect uh, 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 on your eternity. I used to tell people, I said, listen, um, you know, your life is nothing more than a grain of sand and eternity is all the grains of sand on all the beaches times infinity. A good uh, yeah. Once you, once you, you know, uh, God has given us an opportunity uh, uh, Jesus Christ has redeemed us as a race. He has redeemed mankind and he has given us and equipped us with his very own spirit. And if we choose to, uh, uh, you know, ignore such a great gift, um, you know, people are going to go to hell, not because God sends them there, Terry, but because we chose Amen. to go there because they love their sin, scripture says. And so right now, what we have to do is make a decision on, are we going to love God more than we love ourselves, more than we love our sinful condition? Do we hate sin? Are his, are his commandments not burdensome to us? Uh, if you find yourself in the in that category, then grab on to everything that God has provided. First and foremost, the sacraments. He has given us the sacraments in order to help us on our journey. No different than when the manna from heaven was supplied to uh, Moses and the Israelites as they were on their wilderness journey. The manna sustained them through the journey and was able to get them to the promised land. Well, we have our own manna today, and it's the manna from the true manna from heaven. It's the manna of the body of Christ Amen. himself that he provides for us in every Catholic church and every mass. Wow. Don't forget, because I'm going to ask you to do this. Ask Jesus Christ for more faith every single day. Yes. Because you won't yes. be surviving without that. Trusting God is vitally important for our, vit for our salvation. Trust. Jesus, I trust in thee. Without hope and trust, we cannot live, grow, or develop either in the natural or the spiritual life. In the natural yes. life, there sometimes comes a time when like an elderly person or a sick person gives up. At that point, death usually follows quickly. In other words... These people give up hope in living. The spiritual life is exactly the same. Without hope, supernatural life ends quickly. Without trust, a person's spiritual life loses motivation and becomes lethargic. Yes. The person who lacks a strong trust in God 
or at best uh, vegetates and at worst falls into spiritual sloth and even despair. So again, I want to remind you, hope and trust is what motivates us. So if your hope and trust is weak right now, ask Jesus Christ to come into your life and say, I need to have stronger hope and trust in my life. And that way you'll become an evangelist. Because let's just be honest. If you don't evangelize, you fossilize. In other words, Mm. you can't live a, a, a life of Christ without evangelizing by your life. It goes together. That's right. And also, uh, this is why you emphasize the sacraments yep. so much, Terry. Yep. It's because the sacraments are, you know, are, will, will bring us into a pure state. We call it a state of grace. Amen. And, and when we're in that state of grace, we become, there are no impediments toward allowing the Spirit of God to work powerfully through us. This is why it's important to uh, go to confession, to go to mass, because we feed our bodies every day. We need to we need to feed our spirits every day, particularly, like you said, when evil is on the rise. Exorcisms are at an all time high. Uh, uh, We see through society just like unleashed evil. But fear not and fret not, because Jesus has overcome the world and you know, you, you talked about hope, Terry. Hope does not disappoint, sacred scripture says. Uh, and I often quote this one. Um, Without hope for the future, yeah. there is no power in the present. Hey. So we have to keep our hope focused. Our hope is built on nothing less than Jesus Christ and his righteousness, you know? Well said, well said. And remember, again, this June, we're in the month of June Great feast days. We've got Pentecost Sunday coming. It's the birthday of the church. This is a great time to say, I'm making a commitment to a greater commitment to Jesus Christ and to evangelize my relatives and friends. Don't forget Trinity Sundays in the month of June. And then one of my favorite feasts, my favorite feast it is, well, Christ the King is too, but Corpus Christi. Because this is an opportunity to share with people our belief in the source and summit of the Christian life, the Holy Eucharist, the belief in the real presence. Ask your pastor, hey, can we do a Eucharistic procession out on the streets? This is a great witness, and I really believe the graces will be there for conversions. I mean, here at our Sacred Heart Chapel just yesterday, a woman pulled up behind me when I was leaving and said, can I come and pray? I said, absolutely. She was just so happy to be able to pray before the Blessed Sacrament. She shared with me that she was going through some tough times. But see, that she went to the right place. And yes. all, I, I have nothing against counseling. Counseling is important. But I'm trying to tell people that the amount of time they spend, you know, going to a counselor, they should at least spend that time before the Blessed Sacrament. Amen. Lord and Savior Jesus Christ in the Blessed Sacrament. Your final thoughts. I want you to end it, Paul. Terry, when you talk about counseling let me tell you he is the wonderful counselor he you know it doesn't get any better than the counsel of of christ and sometimes it all it requires is to be still right and to get out of the way and know that he is god let the lord illuminate your you know your mind let him bring uh, uh uh good thoughts to you uh terry Thank you for the show today. It was a great show. I'm pumped up. I'm, I'm psyched pumped up. up. 
you know yeah. what? Th- this is what we've tried to do here at Virgin Most Powerful is get you excited about Jesus and his church and not to be focusing too much, again, on the politics or even all the problems in the church. I brought that up yesterday and said, look, don't focus on these things. I don't care if it's the Holy Father or the bishops. If they come up with their personal opinion on something and they're going to say something that's I just look to the deposit of faith. I look to the perennial teachings and open up my catechism. And I say, okay, this is what we believe. Let's pray for our leaders in our church uh, and and move forward. Why? Because an attitude of gratitude is welcome just about everywhere. And what's our gratitude? Our gratitude is that we're baptized. We've been heirs to the kingdom of heaven. That if we live in that state of grace, that's what we always ask you at the end of the show, what state should be living in? Yes, he's going to say what Paul said, the state of grace, because that's ultimately what matters. And again, all of you who have been supporting us here at Virgin Most Powerful Radio, I thank you, because we can't share the gospel without having the means to do it, the equipment, the facility, and you make that happen. And I want to say thank you, and if you are wanting to be a monthly donor for our apostolate, $25, $25, that's it, a month. You can't even fill your tank up for that anymore. Maybe a quarter of the tank. Uh, but 25 a month will get you hundreds of dollars worth of material from our archives of you know, 35, 40 years of recordings from Dr. Scott Hahn, Tim Staples, all the guys, Father Bill Casey, Don, Father Don Calloway. All this is at your fingertip because we have those resources. We just, you know, we, this is our 43rd year of evangelizing. And I'm so blessed to be able to say, Jesus, thank you for the opportunities to share the gospel here at Virgin Most Powerful Radio. And I also thank you, our our supporters. If you want to just make a one-time donation, you can go to VM, VMD, virginmostpowerfulradio.org or you can call us at 877-526-2151. Pick up my book, How to Share Your Faith with Anyone. If you haven't had someone teach you how to give your personal testimony, let me do it for you. It's right in my book. If you haven't been able to do that, when you can, it's going to make a world of difference in sharing the gospel because people will listen more to witnesses than to teachers. And if they listen to teachers, it's because they're witnessing. Paul Clay, God love you for joining me today. You're a good man. Don't forget to listen to Paul on Jesus 911. Jess Romero will be back. All your final thoughts. Terry, like you said earlier, I am too anointed to be disappointed. (laughs) All right, brother. Up next, Dr. Sandoval here on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Check us out at vmpr.org for all the podcasts of all of the shows we produce. May God richly bless you and your family. And as we say here, full sheet ahead. (laughs) 